You are listening to the Forgotten News Podcast. But, before we begin, here are a few words about a couple of other podcasts that we think you might want to try. Hey, Forgotten News fans, this is Brad Friedman of The Bradcast, which you can download five days a week at bradblog.com or from your favorite podcast site. Want to hear the news about your election and voting system before it's forgotten? Before it's even reported by the mainstream corporate news outlets, for that matter, tune in every day to the Bradcast, where we cover what the broadcast media can't or won't, with a focus on electronic voting failures, voting rights, and how you can best maximize the odds that your vote this year and everyone else's will actually count. News and interviews that actually matter. That's the Bradcast with Brad Friedman. Download it today and every day at bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site for news and occasional snark that just can't be forgotten, even if you try. Hi, I'm Philip Aroca, your host of Uncommon Democracy. We're at a time in our country's history where the divide between urban and rural black, white, and brown, between rich and poor, old and young, has never been greater. And the way we interact with one another has drastically changed from when I was born in the 1980s. So much of our human interactions are now occurring through online mediums, such as Facebook, Twitter, or through texting or online conference calls. And this was all happening well before the coronavirus pandemic. And the pandemic, unfortunately, has only made it more difficult to engage with our neighbors. I believe we're slowly losing our empathy for our neighbors, and no, I don't mean our neighbors who live across the street or next door. I mean our neighbors far away. The empathy we have for our neighbors, who we may not know and who may look, speak, or think differently. Uncommon Democracy was born on the simple idea of telling stories of everyday people who are trying their very best to positively impact their community and the lives of their neighbors. And in this podcast, we're going to bring you stories of people who inspire the hopeful side in all of us. America was founded by acts of hope, and now more than ever, we need to see those hopeful acts be brought to light. While the name Uncommon Democracy might sound strange, our goal is to highlight everyday people, our neighbors, who are hopeful in their acts within their community, and turn the conversation away from the celebrities, athletes, and big-name politicians who dominate our media today. I hope you enjoy our podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and I'll be back with an update of additional places where you can find Uncommon Democracy. Welcome to the Forgotten News Podcast. This is your window to hear true stories from long ago. Stories that once made headlines. Stories that people thought would be unforgettable. 
Yet those stories were soon lost in the sands of time or were buried deep in the dustbin of history. In this podcast, we shake off the sand and dust from those stories and share them here with you, as fresh as the day they were first told. And now, here's your hosts. Hello, everyone. This is Jim. This is Kit Karen. And... Welcome to episode 46 of the Forgotten News Podcast. Listeners, it has recently come to our attention that there is currently an election underway here in the U.S. (laughs) Okay, therefore, I have to think more. (laughs) So, listen closely. If you have been a regular listener to this podcast, then you will know that over the past three years, we have had a few episodes or mini episodes that have dealt with the subject of elections in regard to historical issues or topics. And we have made a point of scheduling them for release shortly before the date of an important upcoming election. For example, in 2018, we had one such episode, and also a mini-episode that featured historical election topics, and they were each released near the end of the campaign for Congress and U.S. Senator that year. However... In 2018, we did not make any direct connection to the present day, except for urging people to vote, and to be careful not to fall for fictitious stories or rumors, whether they were spread on the internet, television, radio, newspapers, or word of mouth. You might remember. In that year, 2018, we had a mini-episode that revolved around an urban legend from the late 1960s, which claimed that the voters in a small town in Ecuador had been tricked by a misleading advertisement into electing a can of foot powder as mayor. This story had been published as fact by the Reuters News Service even though there is absolutely zero proof that it ever happened. And ever since then, it has been published in a million other places. Everything from trivia books to NPR. And telling it as a true story. But it took almost no effort for our little podcast to completely dismantle this entire legend as being 100% fake. And really, it's the same thing today in regard to the 2020 election here in the U.S. I mean, hey, it's this simple. 
if you see or hear an accusation about anything related to the election or a candidate, and if it sounds just plain unbelievable or downright weird, well, chances are that's exactly what it is. Just plain unbelievable because it's too weird to be true. Honestly, listeners, there are times when you don't even need to do any heavy research into a story or an accusation because it just falls apart in your own brain by just using your own common sense. Simple everyday logic or even the slightest amount of fact-checking. Now, on this episode, the one you are listening to right now, we are going to go a little farther than simply urging you to vote and to avoid being tricked by false stories or rumors. So, we are going to start with a warning. And here it is. First, this episode is going to be very different than anything we have done previously on this podcast. And here is what we mean by that. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you have probably heard me say, history is no mystery. Now, Listeners, I don't say that because it's cute. I don't say that because it rhymes. I say it because it is true. History is no mystery. Now, as you know, I always say it in a whisper. And there is a reason for that. According to many scientific studies, people listen more closely and think more carefully when they hear things that are whispered. For example, it's sort of like when you're being told a secret by a good friend or a trusted co-worker you not only hear what is being said, you think about what is being said. Listeners, I definitely hope that you have been hearing and thinking, really thinking, after every single time that I have said, history is no mystery. So... What does that phrase actually mean? Well, I will explain it by using a different phrase attributed to Mark Twain. History never repeats, but it does rhyme. Listeners, that phrase is very insightful because, honestly, the past is literally chained to the present. 
And if you spend any amount of time digging into history, I mean American history, especially first-hand sources like newspapers, diaries, official government records, etc., you will very often find incidents and events that are strikingly similar to things in the present, but not exactly a perfect match. Yet, nevertheless, they blazingly illuminate both the present and the past. And that brings us to this episode. The first thing that we want you to know is that instead of a featured story, we will be telling a number of short true stories along with some forgotten but important trivia from U.S. history in regard to elections. And then we will tie all of that to current events and issues in the context of the 2020 election. Now, everything that we have said up to this point has simply been the preamble to the warning that you really need to hear. And this is it. On this episode, you will hear each of us give an opinion or two or three in regard to issues and candidates in the 2020 election. So you might not like what we say, depending on your point of view or which candidate that you support We are very sorry about that, but we just happen to think that this particular election is simply too important for us to stay silent about everything that is happening around us and just tell another 19th century true crime story instead of talking about What is right in front of the nose of every American right now? However, we absolutely promise to get back to our unique stories of old-time true crime and much, much more after November 3rd. Honestly, we guarantee that we will be back to them as soon as we possibly can, because we have got some real doozies that we can hardly wait to tell you. Now, listeners, you've just heard us give a very detailed warning for this episode. So, if you don't think that you want to hear what we are going to say, then... Just turn this episode off. And turn it off right now. Otherwise, my friends, if you think that you would like to hear our thoughts and opinions 
about 2020, wrapped around some interesting historical tidbits, then just buckle up. Now, finally, listeners, we usually advise as to whether we think that kids should listen to the episode. Hey, you know what every politician says. Children are the future. So, really, what more do you need to know? Whitney Houston said it too. Right? Wasn't that Whitney Houston? <laughs> But honestly, listeners, you really don't need to worry. We aren't going to swear. I hope. In fact, I don't think we've ever said a swear word on this podcast. And I'm pretty sure that we are not going to say anything that would upset your little ones. So we will leave it totally up to you to decide whether children or you should listen to this episode. And now, with all of that, Having been said, on with the show. Listeners, We know that the year 2020 has been a whirlwind, to say the least. And we are sure that you are exhausted. However, there is so much at stake in this election, and your vote matters. But remember, Voting is not just about you. It's about all of us. And no doubt, that is why Abraham Lincoln called the right to vote the jewel of liberty within the family of freedom. Seriously, just think about it. All over this country, people are voting by mail, and early voting systems where those are available. In fact, over 25 to 30 million votes are expected to be cast before Election Day. And who knows how many additional votes will be cast at voting booths on November 3rd the traditional election day in the U.S. Imagine millions and millions of people all getting their chance to speak their peace through their votes, choosing the men and women who are going to govern them. That's democracy. And in this election, the entire planet is watching us and hoping, praying that we make the right choice, a good choice 
for the future of our country and the world. Now, listeners, especially listeners who are voters, if you haven't voted yet, it is beyond obvious that there is a lot of information out there and it can be overwhelming. But on this episode, we hope to help you avoid getting lost in the muck and mudslinging by just giving you a different way to look at things in regard to some of the current issues and controversies and to help you make the best possible decision when you cast your vote. Listeners, this is the point in the episode where we would normally begin our featured story. However, as we said, we will not be presenting a featured story. Instead, we will be talking to you about some random topics from history that relate in one way or another to the upcoming 2020 election. But first, we are going to give you a warning, because on this episode, we, the hosts of the Forgotten News podcast, are going to say something and do something that we have never done before. We are going to make an endorsement, and we will get to that in just a moment. Now, we apologize for keeping you in suspense, but first, we're going to share a short public service announcement in regard to the 2020 election because it has a nice connection between the past and the present. This is a PSA for anyone who might be thinking about casting a write-in vote this year. Hi, this is Moxie LaBouche, the host of the Your Brain on Facts podcast. I know some people are thinking about casting a write-in vote this year, so I thought I would share a few facts about write-in votes with you. Did you know that prior to the 1890s, all candidates were write-in candidates? Voters were expected to bring a piece of paper with them to the polls, write their choices on them, and put them in the ballot box. Eventually, political parties and other groups figured out how to game the system by pre-printing a list containing the names of their candidates, which the voters could take to the polls instead. However, in the 1890s and the early part of the 20th century, nearly all states switched to a new system in which all ballots were printed by the state or local government, with the names of all the recognized candidates for each office. Not everyone got on board right away, though. Georgia wouldn't start until 1922, and South Carolina didn't start until 1950. Let's skip ahead a bit. If you are considering the possibility of casting a write-in vote in the 2020 election, first, I don't recommend it 
for an election as important as this one. But with that being said, you definitely need to check the laws of your state. Only 10 states and the District of Columbia allow you to cast a write-in vote without restriction for anyone you darn well please. 32 states require write-in candidates to be registered in advance. If the candidate isn't registered, your vote isn't counted, meaning you would simply be throwing your vote away. In addition, eight states don't even allow write-in votes. Does yours? Do you know? Please, take your vote seriously. Don't waste it. There is too much on the line. Listeners, before we say anything else, we want you to know that if you would like to have a copy of that PSA for your own podcast, radio show, or for any other purpose, just send an email to ForgottenNewsPodcast at gmail.com and we will send it to you immediately free of charge because we agree 100% with that PSA. Please, please do not cast a write-in vote in the 2020 election. The outcome of this election is just way too important. Honestly, the simple truth is, if you cast a write-in vote, you will not be sending a message to anyone. A write-in vote in this particular election is not going to bring about any sort of positive change. In fact, the opposite is true. No one will care and no one will remember your write-in vote, regardless of whether it is serious, clever, or funny. Well, maybe. If your write-in vote is really weird or really hilarious, it might be mentioned in the news the next day. Things like that have happened. However, it's rare. Very rare. But will it really change anything? No, not at all. The true reality is, if you don't like the direction that this country is currently headed, there is only one realistic alternative. And it is definitely not to vote for a second term for Trump. Listeners, we urge you to vote for Joe Biden in the 2020 election for president. We know that we have listeners with all sorts of different viewpoints regarding politics. And we know that we are taking a big risk that we might lose some of you as fans or listeners. But we feel very strongly about this. We think that Trump represents the opposite of every good thing in the history of this country. And for that reason, we urge you to vote for Joe Biden. 
Now, moving along. Jim, I have a question for you. Speaking of the election, have you voted yet? Or are you waiting until election day? I decided to vote by absentee ballot. In other words, to vote by mail. Here in Ohio, you can request an absentee ballot without needing to give a reason, which, which is really nice. However, in my case, personally, I had a reason anyway, which is simply that because of the pandemic, I didn't want to stand in a long line on election day and take a risk of getting COVID-19 because I have no idea of how long the lines are going to be or how long I might need to wait. But besides that, I also liked having an absentee ballot because it gave me all the time I needed and more to look carefully up and down the ballot so I could be sure that I didn't make any mistakes when I filled it out. And also, when you mail your ballot to the election board, there is a gadget on their website in which you type your name and you can verify that they received it. Well, anyway, long story short, my ballot arrived in the mail on October the 15th, and when I opened the envelope, it felt like Christmas. And then the next day, when I put my ballot in the mailbox, I felt like I had just set off fireworks on the 4th of July. And then when I found out from the website that the election board had received my ballot on October the 19th, I felt like I had celebrated every holiday in one day. Well, I have not voted yet. However, I am pretty sure that is how I am going to feel. But I think I'm going to wait until election day. I'm not really positive uh, because in my town here in South Carolina, there have never really been long lines or much of a wait on previous election days. Although I still may vote early because with all the wildness and tension around this particular election, who knows what kind of craziness might happen on election day. And especially here, because we're such a red state. Well, I've heard that South Carolina might be a swing state this year. Maybe. But, Jim... I am so glad that you were able to vote by mail. I mean, I have been hearing all sorts of stories in the news about states with Republican governors or legislatures that have been passing laws or doing other things to try to make it as hard for people to vote by mail as possible. Probably because they think most of those voters are going to be voting for Joe Biden and the Democratic ticket. Well, historically, it's always been like that. Whenever Republicans are in power and they have a reason to believe that absentee ballots 
are going to be mainly votes for Democrats. For example, way back in 1944, during World War II, the Republican candidate for president was Thomas Dewey. He was the governor of New York, and before that, he had achieved a very positive reputation as a tough, crime-fighting district attorney, which was probably why he was elected governor. But in that year, 1944, he was running against Franklin D. Roosevelt, the Democratic candidate, who was then the President of the United States and the Commander-in-Chief. The Republican Party quickly realized that the vast majority of absentee votes would be from soldiers, sailors, and the merchant marines, who were either on the battlefield or on the ocean, and that they were very likely to vote for Roosevelt, and probably overwhelmingly. So what did Governor Dewey and the Republican legislatures decide to do in New York and elsewhere? They passed laws with very short deadlines or other restrictions that made it as difficult as possible for members of the military or anyone overseas to cast absentee ballots. Listeners, this is historical fact. There were some men in the military and in the merchant marine who were so bitter about the situation that they went on a national radio program the evening before the election to complain and to express their support for Roosevelt. And just in case you have any doubt, here is an audio clip from 1944 of two men directly affected by these laws, expressing their irritation with Governor Dewey. I'm Captain John Patrick, ambulance driver in the American Field Service. I just come back after two and a half years in North Africa, India, and Burma. I came home on a transport crowded with army flyers who had either served 50 missions or were wounded. Governor Dewey, by rigging the voting laws of New York State, made it impossible for me and thousands of men in my situation to vote. And so, I'm talking to you, appealing to you, really, in the hope that some one of you who is undecided tonight will vote in my place tomorrow for Mr. Roosevelt. Jim Longy is my name. I'm a merchant seaman, member of the National Maritime Union, CIO. I was torpedoed twice, once in the Mediterranean and once off Normandy. That was bad enough. But to be torpedoed in your own state by your own governor, that's something else. 20,000 of us merchant seamen from the state of New York have been robbed of the right to vote by our little Governor Dewey. Every port I've made overseas, the people are praying America will re-elect FDR. They want the same thing we do. Peace that will stick, and jobs and security that go with it. I'll be shipping out soon. But next time I come home, I know Dewey will be back in Albany, and Roosevelt will still be in the White House. Now I want to introduce a man I've never seen. An ex-army pilot with a DFC, oak leaf cluster, air medal, and purple heart. His name is Ballin, 
and he's in California. Come in, Harold. Thanks, sailor. About me, I was discharged from the Army Air Force after 54 missions. The flight finally caught up with me out of New Caledonia. Got me in the spine and leg, but the doctors have fixed me up, and I'm doing okay. I was 22 when I left college to join the Royal Air Force and do a bit of flying over France. After Pearl Harbor, I transferred to our own airport and flew in the Pacific. I understand that Governor Dewey has not only cheated merchant sailors out of their vote in this election, but he's fixed the soldier ballot so that most of the men from his state, fighting down where I've been, won't get a chance to vote. Well, that trick will probably save him a lot of Roosevelt votes, but I don't think it's going to work. I've talked with the mothers and fathers of a good many of those lads. Now, I'll tell you something. Dewey can't stop them. Tomorrow will prove that. Listeners, I want you to know that there was an effort in Congress back then to override the restrictions by various states in regard to military absentee voting. But unfortunately, those proposals were filibustered to defeat by racist senators from southern states who feared that there would be an increase in voting by black men and women who were then serving as soldiers and sailors. Now, listeners, all of that is true history from 1944. And as often happens, everything old is new again. We could easily give you plenty of examples of laws in various states in the present day that have no purpose except to undermine the right to vote. But today, it is not members of the military who are being restricted. Instead, it tends to be plain, ordinary citizens who just happen to be members of racial minorities or the poor. However, since this is a history podcast, let's jump back in time and Jim will tell you a story. In the 1890s, if you lived in a big city like New York or Chicago, for example, there would be plenty of crooked politicians holding office in city council or other positions. They would be elected and re-elected time and time again. Usually, this was because they knew how to supply the services that their voters wanted or needed. Everything from clean streets to free turkeys on Thanksgiving and Christmas to bailing drunks out of jail and jobs for unemployed men. And in turn, these politicians would often get rich from learning insider information, such as, for example, the location of a new park, and then buying the land cheap and making a big profit when it came time for the city to buy it. But contrary to many history books and urban legends, these politicians were rarely kept in office by vote fraud, such as by repeat voting or impersonating other voters. For example, there is an alleged quotation by Tim Sullivan 
a famous New York politician in the 1890s, in which he supposedly said that the way to successfully accomplish repeat voting is by finding, quote, guys with whiskers, unquote. Then, according to this quote, he then explained his system. After they vote with their whiskers on, you take them to a barber and scrape off the chin fringe. Then you vote them again with side lilacs and a mustache. Then to the barber once again, and off comes the sides, and you vote them a toy time with just the mustache. If that ain't enough, and the box can stand a few more ballots, you clean off the mustache and vote them plain face. That makes every one of them good for four votes. Listeners, you have just heard an alleged quote from the 19th century politician Tim Sullivan. It is a quote that has been published in all sorts of history books and internet articles, except that it's completely fake. Tim Sullivan never said it. Honestly, it took less than 10 minutes of research on the internet to uncover the fact that the quote was not from Sullivan, but from an unidentified man who was described as a close associate of Sullivan. It was published in a magazine article written in the aftermath of his death in 1913. Now, the thing about this alleged quote is that if anyone actually said it, and if it were true, there is literally no way to operate this system on a large enough basis to control the outcome of an election. I mean, it's a scheme that is so labor-intensive and would take so much time on election day that the entire concept is just stupid. I mean, Tim Sullivan was a smart politician. He would never have gone along with a plan that was this idiotic. This alleged quote, when you really think about it, just sounds like it was totally made up by the person who wrote the article, which was a very common thing in the 19th and the early 20th centuries, especially in regard to politicians who represented poor people and who served their interests in ways that so-called reformers typically did not. The same thing is true about the urban legend of massive vote fraud in Illinois in the 1960 presidential election in favor of John F. Kennedy. There are many history books and political articles that bring up this story, but very few ever mention the fact that lawsuits were brought by the Illinois Republican Party alleging vote fraud. 
but not a single shred of proof was ever found. I mean, if the fraud was so blatant, it should have been easy to uncover evidence, but instead they found absolutely nothing. Eventually, the Republican candidate for president, Richard Nixon, told them to drop the lawsuits because they were just making themselves look ridiculous. I think that nearly all of these stories, rumors, and legends of massive vote fraud, voter impersonation, etc., were actually spread by politicians and political organizations themselves or by their supporters by word of mouth just to make them look invincible to opposition parties and candidates. And then plenty of gullible people would fall for these fake stories. I think that Trump must have heard these kind of wild stories growing up. And he not only believed them, but he still believes them. So he has been pushing for very strict voter ID laws for the entire time that he's been in office, along with practically every Republican politician. But this year, 2020, the big gripe by Trump is alleged fraud and rigging with voting by mail, even though the evidence is almost zero. Now, listeners, we want to swing back somewhat to a variation of a topic that we mentioned a little earlier. We urged you not to cast a write-in vote because, truthfully, you're just throwing away your vote if you do that. Now, we're going to go a little further and urge you to not vote for any third-party candidate either. Please do not vote for the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, the Peace and Freedom Party, the Socialist Party, or any so-called independent candidate, Kanye West, or anyone else. I hate to say that. Because I know that a lot of people have really specific political parties that they like to support. But seriously, if you vote for any of them, you might as well be voting for Trump. In 2016, it was the votes that were cast for third parties that gave Trump his margin of victory. In fact, even the candidates who ran for president and vice president on the Libertarian Party ticket in 2016 both realized this. And so, in 2020, they are both supporting Joe Biden and not the Libertarian Party. So, listeners, if they can be smart, you can too. Please do not vote for any third party or independent. Don't be tempted to throw away your vote in 2020 
Instead, when you vote for president, vote for Joe Biden. Vote for Joe Biden. Now, at this point, before we move on, we want to thank our guest voices on this episode. Please step up to the microphone and tell our listeners anything that you want them to know about you. Hi, my name is Lex Sorn. I'm based in Carmel, Indiana, USA. I'm a very prolific and experienced voice actor. I've voiced more than 100 features, shorts, web series, audio dramas, documentaries, commercials, and video games. And I'm always looking for my next adventure. So if I can ever help with any of your projects, I can be reached at lexzorn at gmail.com. That's L-E-C-Z-O-R-N at gmail.com. Or call me or text me at area code 818-699-4455. Thank you, and I hope to work with you in the near future. Hi, this is Moxie LaBouche, the host of the Your Brain on Facts podcast. Please check out Your Brain on Facts on your favorite podcast app or at yourbrainonfacts.com. Hi, this is Jerry Kokich. I'm a voice actor and I'm always working on my craft. I've done a little bit of everything and sometimes I forget which is my real voice because, yeah, sometimes I'm one voice and sometimes I'm another. <laughs> you know, I can't even remember how old I am sometimes. If you be wanting to contact me, my email address is J-E-R-R-Y-K-O-K-I-C-H at yahoo.com. Y'all take care of yourselves now. Thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you very much, very much. But now, listeners, unfortunately, because of the unique format or lack of a format on this episode, we have decided not to include our police blotter and court news segment or the recommendations and advice segment. They will be back on our next regular episode. And speaking of our next episode, we want you to know that we will return to telling old-time true crime and other interesting stories from history. We will be totally non-political once again. We absolutely promise. And with that having been said... I don't think we have anything else to say. I know that I don't. Except, maybe, um, if you didn't like this episode, hey, this is our podcast. Feel free to start your own. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, that's all, folks. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and stay six feet away from literally everyone. Stay safe and you'll stay alive. Vote for Joe Biden. Vote for Joe Biden. And remember, history is no mystery. Mm-hmm. Dum, dum, da, dum, 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 dum
Vote for Joe Biden. Hey, just thought I'd throw that in there. Thank you for listening to the Forgotten News Podcast. You will now be returned back to the present day, and we hope that we can count on you to join us for our next episode. election is like doing that other thing that makes you feel good but then you need to wash your hands after you do it Especially the people that's a man.